Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, June 14th, and thanks for tuning in to another week from the podcast that brings you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics. It's episode 101 of the Chasing Points podcast. I'm Sam Favada alongside Brandon Hazelwood. As always, thanks so much for listening. And a uh, little note, because I usually say this at the end, but it makes more sense to say it at the beginning. Uh Follow us on Instagram, guys, at Chasing Points Podcast. And uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a leave us a five star review. It goes a long way. It's helping us out. Here we are, 101 episodes. We're here. What's up, Hayes? How are you? I am fine now that the NBA season is over. I am. My nights can go back to somewhat normalcy, and I can watch baseball at leisure. So uh, I'm good because I get my summer nights back. How are you? Just consumed with basketball. Here we Pretty are. Much. Yeah, um, yeah, middle of June. It's kind of a weird feeling that it's all over, but a hell of a, a, a tough game yesterday. But, you know, someone had to win, and they did. Uh, and that was the Denver Nuggets. They won their first championship. Whoa, 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 whoa. I literally asked you how you were. You just went oh, right I into you. it. Sorry, man. I'm doing well. I, uh, I, I'm living the dream and, uh, had a great weekend. I'm not sure. I'll tell you what I find out. Okay. (laughs) Hey, did you hear the Denver Nuggets won their first championship in franchise history last night, Monday night? I did not. You didn't. They defeated the Miami Heat 94 to 89, uh, winning on their home court best of seven, but it only took them five games to do so. Uh, Nikola Jokic, he's really good at basketball. He won uh, finals MVP, finished game five with 28 points, 16 boards. Ten of those were in the last quarter. And uh, Joker, he uh, he won the finals MVP. Now he's one of only 11 players in the history of the league to win two MVP trophies and a finals MVP. So that's a uh, that's pretty good company to be around this uh this nuggets team as i mentioned was kind of ugly uh fist fight in, if you will in the trenches the uh the um the refs let them play for most of it uh it was troubling watching shooting happen in this in this game but but we had it so um just thoughts uh you know on as the nuggets take home their first championship and what do you think of game 5 and the series Hayes? so first sam before I give the Nuggets their flower, I'm going to rain on their parade. Miami gave that game away. They had Denver in foul trouble, but allowed Denver to get right back into the game by shooting them out of the game, or excuse me, shooting them back into the game when they should have been driving the ball to the rack consistently, and they did not. Uh, When you have a team like that on the ropes early, you have to press, put your foot on their neck, and they did not do that and they allowed Denver to be a championship team now. Um, but it, it just it was heartbreaking to see. Also, it was it, for Miami, uh, before I give, I guess, the, the good parts about that. Um, Miami, well, Jimmy Butler, he irritated me throughout that game because he didn't do anything offensively until the fourth quarter, which... If you've seen Jimmy throughout the playoffs, Jimmy normally turns it up uh, in the fourth quarter. And that's what he did. But it was l- too little too late. He needed to be 
in that game, and especially when you're down and the team only needs to win one game, you need to be like you are in the fourth quarter throughout every quarter or at least three quarters of the game to allow your team at, at, at a, a chance to win because they were lacking offense without Tyler Hero there. That's a big part of it, and that's something that they're going to absolutely have to look into uh, during the offseason. Now, to the Denver fans that were crying earlier a few months ago now, maybe like a month ago, uh, when you were crying about Jokic not getting his MVP, he got one. There you go. You're happy. Be happy. He got the better MVP uh, because it comes with a championship and a ring. Uh, so you should be happy about that. I still can't believe they did a stupid video. You're our MVP. Um, corny <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> I hated it every second of it. Uh, but super, super, super dope to see this come to fruition for them because they've they've had an opportunity potentially getting here before. Uh, and and I do believe if Jamal Murray hasn't been going through this emotional uh, injury ridden roller coaster, they could have been here already um, because nobody in this current NBA that is full of stretch guards, uh, stretch stretch forwards can guard a Jokic. It's, there's no teams are now going to have to model their teams to have two big bodies to play against somebody like him going forward. So, but he, he, he's masterful. I don't know if you saw this, this is, this is like the first, one of the first real times I've actually seen him animated because he's super low key, yeah. but he was on the bench screaming at his team, telling them like what they are doing wrong. Like you're, you're shooting terribly. Like we need to be playing inside and destroying them. And they finally ended up doing that. And the rest is history. So, Kudos to them. Uh, congrats on the win. Now that I've said all that, Sam, <laughs> hopefully I left you some. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess starting first with with Jimmy Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler. Is he still him? I, you know, it's like it's almost like this team need it needs and like thrives off of like being literally having like a heartbeat left before they're like they resuscitate themselves and they're like. In it. And it, it seemed like that that huge foul. I mean, the the refs let them play pretty much all game. That that huge foul where Jimmy Butler went to take that three and you know kicked Aaron Gordon, um, you know, in the groin, if you will, um, or didn't kick him, you know, whatever they called that a foul. Um, and I thought that that kind of took the air out of the building a little bit, and that could have been the momentum that the you know the heat's been thriving on all series right and and all all playoffs really um and yeah they they let this one get away you could argue they let um the last game in in uh in Miami get away too um and especially after stealing game 2 in Denver you thought you know there there could be a a chance there but 21 points from Jimmy Butler he's never really been like a high volume guy um uh, you know he makes those points count 13 of those were uh, in the last quarter. He had a ton of a uh, ton of work at the foul line too, but um, I, again, not to take any, anything away from uh, Jokic and, and company there, because uh, we've been talking about for years on this podcast, how much we love Jamal Murray, how important he is to this team and that just the, where he's been and, what he's had to go through to get back and playing at now this level. And he's 
just matured as as a point guard and just doing everything that an elite point guard does aside from just you know driving uh driving to the basket there and and last year this nuggets team just you know they they were eliminated in the first round right they didn't have michael porter they didn't have murray as i mentioned and um but you know th- those guys stepped up uh, porter you know i i've always liked michael porter I he shoot I I wanted him to stop shooting at some point yesterday, but he was he was doing a lot of doing a lot of the the gritty things too, right? A lot of cutting, a lot of just um, screens look good, getting getting into space, and and of course this you know KCP and and uh, Bruce Brown and um, uh, Christian Brown. I mean, just the way that those guys played off the bench and huge huge uh, steal from KCP. Um, off of the hands of Jimmy Butler. and Yeah, well, that was a know. stupid pass by Jimmy. He put himself yeah. in a terrible position and then had to give up the ball before he traveled, and that yep. was basically what it was. It was That was just dumb. To Michael Porter-Williams, it's the Nuggets took a risk on a guy that has a high ceiling, and what he was coming out of college was a guy that can play pretty much every position because of his length, uh, his ability to to move, uh, he's very shifty for a guy's size. He can literally do everything on the court. He can guard, uh, he can score, he can shoot, um, he can he can be the ball handler if need if if possible if need be. Um, so that is he's a key. He would be a key on anybody's team. Uh, so, but people were too scared of his back issues, and that was the problem. Uh, that kind of not kind of, it actually plummeted his draft stock. Uh, it's it's unfortunate, but he's got a ring now, so it doesn't matter. He's laughing at all the people that didn't take uh, an opportunity on him. So, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that he slid. Uh, he was the last pick in the lottery, uh, 14th overall. He had that back issue. There were some other, you know, uh, other things when he was coming out of Missouri. But I rem- remember how good he was. It was his freshman year, just yep. shooting Playing the lights for his father. Yep. Yeah, and it, it was... Uh, you know, I I wanted him to fall to the Knicks, or he did fall to the Knicks. Knicks and pick him there, uh, but that was a loaded draft. That was the Luca, that was the Luca Trey Young DeAndre mm-hmm. and draft. I mean, and he was before he got hurt, he was right up there with those guys as far as draft grades go. So yeah, this this and that's a, a testament to this Nuggets team, right? They built this team. Jokic was uh, the forty first overall pick. They they were. Famously, Aaron, a Taco Bell commercial on ESPN yeah. when he got drafted. Jamal yeah. Murray was was a, a high high pick, and and so was Porter. But then you get guys like KCP and and Brown, both Browns, and it's just like you know that's how you you have to. We talked about it with the Texas Rangers last week, right? This is how you have to build a team yeah. where it's it's not a desirable destination, and they've they've done it. So I guess with that, what do you see? Uh, you know because you know, here's here's the beginning of an era oh, we thought could have come even come even sooner, but we're projecting out this Nuggets team and and headed into the off season. Um, you know, what do you think of of just how this team's built and what they could do in the future, and if they could go on a little run here? Uh they potentially could, uh, but the West is the West. Um, when you still have the likes of a Steph Curry, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, now you have the De'Aaron Foxes of the worlds, 
uh, Lucas, uh, don't there's you, you don't know what is going to happen with Dame or Kyrie if they're going to stay in the West or they're going they're moving to the East. You don't know who's going to add pieces from the East. Uh, Bradley Beal is is warming up right now. Uh, talks of that, even though he's the only player with a no trade clause uh, in the league at this point. Uh, so he gets to choose or not choose where he goes and what happens. Uh, but you have a lot of pieces moving at this point in time. So they could they could be right back here next year. Uh, but that that I always try to factor in. There could be injury, injuries. Uh, there's there's two guys that we mentioned on that team, championship team, that are injury prone, Murray and Porter. So yep. without those two pieces, it's Jokic by himself. Uh, and that's a those are two huge offensive components. Uh, but it's it's really wide open in the West. Uh, honestly, in basketball right now, uh, it it's the top of each conference. It could be anybody because you have the Giannis's of the world on the East. You got Tatum's. You got Embiid's. Even though I don't think the Sixers are going to do too much at all next year, uh, but. You have it's really, really open, Sam. So uh, but I also want to take a second and give Miami its its props because they were a shot. From away last year, from being in the finals last year, which would have been back to back, we laughed when they had almost lost in that playing game uh, in the it, to start the playoffs. And then they got all the way to the finals and then they were there uh, in in the bubble. So you you have this team that is constructed with one superstar and Jimmy Butler uh, with some some good support around him. And these guys just keep getting there. Of course, a testament to Spolster as well. But I wanted to give them their little props before we before you tell me what you think. Uh, is it are they a dynasty as people are now? So I, I really hate that people are doing I this. Know, by I, the way. I didn't I want hate, to say that. I hate that every time a team wins, like, are they a dynasty? Like, stop, dynasty. Let them win two, and then let's talk about dynasties. Um, so, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's. Uh, I wanted to avoid that, and I think one thing we've done really well in our hundred episodes is cut through all of the that, BS. like yeah. BS and just you know, uh, cable sports news topics, right? But you know, I, I, they have all everything you want, right? I mean, they have. Their superstar, you know, arguably the best player in um, in the league. And he can, you know, he's a big guy, but he plays all over the place. It's not like he's just getting beat up in the post. I mean, the, the guy is an exceptional passer and rebounder and and does everything. But, yeah, you, you mentioned it that for a long time, it's just been the Jokic show <laughs> because of the, the support around him and, uh, you know, they built a really good team around him. Hopefully, you know, I don't really know what their cap implications are and, and who's coming or going. But I mean, when you have these guys as young as they are playing the way they are, and hopefully you can kind of keep that uh, stability. I think we've had in the last five years, five different NBA champions. So, I mean, the the uh, diversity, the parity is certainly here. Um, but yeah, props to, props to Miami too. I mean, we've been certainly talking about it for two months now. Um, just this, you know, band of misfits led by Jimmy Butler, who is the ultimate, like, undervalued star, um, just being drafted where he was and and having that chip on his shoulder and 
something's always going on wherever he is, but he's has these knacks for big games and sometimes he disappears. But when he's, when he's playing, he's, you know, and, and locked in, you could just see um, just how, how good he is. And, and um, I hope they can get some, as a Knicks fan, I don't, but I'm be laughable to think the Knicks have a chance at anything, but um, you know, get some, get some shooting and some, some pieces around um, what they do have in Miami and, and see what they could do. Certainly Pat Riley, I'll never count him out of any situation. So anything's on the table there, but yeah. Uh, Denver's the, the betting favorite to win in 2024 already of, I, I would imagine that would be the case. Um, you know, that doesn't shock me at all, but we'll, you know, be a long off season. The drafts next week, free agency starts July 1st. So we'll certainly keep, uh, keep everybody updated as um, the off season rolls along but um hey speaking of the the draft uh, it, it just ran up on me when i was watching and seeing the promos for next week's draft on the 22nd so i was thinking and i saw something that it was like 20 years since obviously one of the most iconic drafts of our lifetime um you know i'm not counting the the jordan draft i wasn't alive for that but um you know, LeBron and company 2003 draft. So I just thought it'd be interesting uh, to, to play a little game. Uh, we won't get too far into it, but I thought maybe we could redraft the first couple picks of the 2003 NBA draft. Uh, of course, it was almost 20 years ago, June 26th. There was 58 total picks and 47 of those guys ended up playing in the NBA. There were some all-stars, certainly LeBron, D. Wade, Carmelo, Chris Bosh. Um, Chris Kamen, Josh Howard, Kyle Korver, David West, and Mo Williams, and uh, you know four future and or current Hall of Famers and LeBron, D Wade, Carmelo, and Bosch, uh, which at the top make it a a legendary draft. I don't think there's any uh, any question here who we're gonna take first with LeBron going to the Cavs. I think where it really gets interesting and where the people in Detroit are probably well, speak for yourself. Darko should have been one. I don't know what you're talking about. Darko should have been one. I mean, Sam well, Bowie, <laughs> Darko no. Milicic. Um, yeah, no, you ever hear the, definitely one. Yeah, you ever hear the stories of like the Darko workouts, like with the Pistons, like Larry no. Brown was would tell those stories. I I, uh, I think you should look it up. I've I've just seen some stuff about how like he was like he had insane workouts get up to the draft obviously and that team was that was a traded pick at some point the team ended up winning the finals right the year later so um chauncey rip uh rip hamilton and um ben wallace and uh tayshaun prince right so um i i think as i just mentioned where it gets interesting is is number two to the pistons so the original pick was darko i don't think you want to die on that hill hayes so of the remaining uh, talent in that draft, where would you go at number two? It would have been Mello, and that's what the players in Detroit wanted. They wanted Mello because you you already have Chauncey and Rip as your guard, shooting guard. You don't need another guard in D-Wade, so you go and get Mello, who would play perfect with what they had already. So you put him right there. With Tayshawn, you put it, you put him in the spot where Tayshawn is, and Tayshawn was doing his thing at this point in time. But you get a young electric scorer like Amelo to go with a Rashid and Ben Wallace. That would have been an unstoppable 
lineup. And Chauncey Billups came out years later and said that's who they absolutely wanted, like made it very, very clear. And they were pissed that they went Darko um, because the players know. You know what I mean? Like the players, the players know and see when they play against people what it's like. So mellow, mellow, mellow. I would have never, I'd have been like Darko, what? No, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was that was definitely a surprise. I didn't know much about him at, at the time, twenty years ago. But um, just the the uh, hindsight here, it just it's it's an all time awful blunder here. But surprising, I I thought you would go mellow despite loving D Wade. I know how much you love D Wade. I I think he's one of my favorite players ever too. But I exactly I had the same thought, and we did not talk about this ahead of time. Uh, but I had the same thought. This team needed a score, um, and and Rip Hamilton, go UConn, ha- you know, had a really good career in uh, in the NBA. But just I I think he would have grown into that team really really well. And uh, coming off that Syracuse championship and having the right core vets around in in Chauncey and and Ben Wallace and and everyone, and uh, I thought that would have you know again, with the benefit of hindsight, would have been fantastic. So who do you have at three that, that th- would be replacing Mello? I, yeah, I think that's, you know, that's that's an easy one here. We look at, at D. Wade um, coming out of Marquette. Uh, but I was looking at, on basketball reference, just win share, which is kind of like war for baseball. And LeBron blows everyone away from this class, 255. But D. Wade was right. At two with 120 and Carmelo 108. So I mean, just looking at at their six at his 16 year career, some championships, just kind of the guy that he is on and off the court. I, I you know, D Wade would definitely be the pick there at three. Agreed. Um, I, I as you mentioned, I love D Wade, but there's if I'm drafting and knowing what it is now and what I would have actually would have would have done then would have been mellow. And then I would have done D Wade with nuggets. Cause that was, they needed a score out there. Um, and then they obviously had AI also as well. Just imagine the combination of D Wade and AI that would have been nuts. Um, at Kenya four Martin too was on that team too, right? Kenya Martin, the yep. one he was drafted. Yep. J.R. Smith. Yep. Yep. All that. Um, at four, the Raptors did perfect in my opinion by getting Chris Bosch like that was that was who you're supposed to get at that point in time get him and and a done deal but if the way that it played out is is the Raptors at four they had Bosch and then at five that he had Marquette it, I, I mean Dwayne Wade I would have if I saw Dwayne Wade available in that draft at four he would have been a Raptor Immediately, like there's trade the no, house. no yeah. way there would have been he'd have been a raptor. No, it was not trading the house because the Raptors were four. D Wade was the next pick at five. Oh well, yeah, no, but still, you you give um, you know, to move up there, right? To move Wait, up. I'm sorry, I think I'm you're confused. losing your you're losing your mind losing. here. The Raptors are at four. The yeah, Heat are at four. five. So right. what I'm saying is, as the Raptors, Dwayne Wade was still available. I right. would have drafted him, not Chris Bosh, knowing what we know now. That's who I would have gotten at that point. I was uh, confusing the real world with our hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's okay. It's okay. Hard to follow. Sorry, guys. 
It's all right. It's all right. Um, and then at five, I mean, who would you, you you're fine with uh, Bosch at four? I'm assuming oh, yeah. Yes, so, not, I, I think okay. that would be the pick. I mean, it's unfortunate. I only played 13 years. He had the, those heart issues too. Hall of Famer. I mean, he's a huge part, underrated part of that big three in, in Miami. Um, he did he did a lot. Um, I, I wouldn't 14. even say he's an underrated part. I you, There's no way you can say that because he was a big part of that. Without without him, they went and got him. So he was a yeah. huge part of that. Shooting offensively, rebound-wise, he gave them the ability to, to space the floor because of his shooting as well too which is yeah, from big guys. that that is the underrated part about Chris Bosh is his shooting is he's able to space the floor but I wouldn't even say he's underrated cuz he was a key part if anybody that was I, underrated was like uh on that team was like um which Birdman Birdman was underrated yeah. on that team uh Did Ray that, Allen to, to think yep. about it underrated on that team but nah I wouldn't say Bosh I, I think I, what I mean is like from a perception standpoint obviously yeah. you have the mega stars of LeBron and D Wade and though Chris Bosh at the time he's still you know he he developed into even better basketball player right and when yeah. you're playing with guys like that you become a better basketball player because they are just team basketball players um but just from the the big picture of the big three in Miami it's I, I always feel like Chris Bosch didn't get enough love. And I yeah. that's what I'm trying to gotcha, articulate gotcha. here. But uh, no, I, definitely yeah. he he did so much for that team and um you know had a had a great career and it's unfortunate that it was ended short, but uh but he's healthy and um you know uh and that that's all that that matters there too. Um yeah, I, I so I take Bosch too at, at five with the heat. I, I don't want to get too, you know, you mean, deep in, in you mean at four with the Raptors? No, at four with the Raptors, I would take Bosch. And then at five you with the said, Heat. Okay, got you. Got you. Sam, you're confusing okay. me this this whole this whole thing. You did your whole little thing before, and now I'm still in your confusing we're, loop multiverse. We're up war. Yeah, we're in a multiverse. Yeah. Who do you have at five? Uh, anyway, I don't know, man. There's a lot of good players here. David Kurt West Heinrich. had a really good career. Uh, I love Kirk Heinrich. Uh Kyle Corver had a had you know, probably one of the more underrated careers here. Uh, just in basketball, he was the 51st pick, uh, would shoot the lights out of the, the gym there. Maybe, maybe Kyle Corver, either Heinrich or Corver for me, David West, I'm maybe 100% Heinrich. Okay. Because when at that time when he came out, he was one of the top guards in college basketball. Uh, he was with Kansas, uh, fighting for national titles and coming out and, the Heat needed a guard, so why not? I was trying to look and see if there's like a a, a shooting guard that I would have put out there, and I and just looking at Luke Rittenauer, and I just laughed to myself and just said, "Wow, that's crazy." Sasha Vujovic, uh, uh, Sasha Pavlovich, and then you have uh, Dante Jones, like names like that. Boris no Diaw, Travis no, Outlaw. No, no, definitely not Kendrick Perkins, not Leandro Barbosa, even though he had a phenomenal career. Um, I can see Leandro Barbosa going at, now that's way too high. He's like a utility guy. So yeah, Kurt Heinrich would have to be my fifth there. Because right after four, it pretty much just drops off for me there. I'm just looking, I'm just like, I don't really know who you get. It's just a lot of utility guys after that point. Really, honestly, yeah, guys who had decent careers but certainly bounced, uh, bounced around or 
you know, um, kind of just laid low as far as the attention went, but you know, some pretty good careers here. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting, uh, with, with the draft next week. And, uh, so, you know, I'm a big draft guy. I know you like the draft. Um, so it'll be interesting. And, and we have a potentially historic draft coming up next week with, uh, Victor Wembenyama all, but, uh, assured going to the Spurs. I mean, he's going to the Spurs, but, um, yeah, well, let's see, let's I, see how his career pans out to see if it's yeah. a historic, uh, draft because all this hype I, it always scares me when a player gets yep. all of this hype but speaking of hype you should hype up what is coming next is is your power rankings some people moved out some people moved in number five is going to shock you did it shock you when you read it uh i wouldn't say shock me uh but you know i'm, I'm intrigued by all right. by all means stop stop playing with this people let's just go uh, last week, number five was the Baltimore Orioles, um, and four were the Yankees. Uh, spoiler here, the Yankees aren't on this list. Number five, I have the Arizona Diamondbacks hmm. coming in at 41 and 25. They're, this team's running all over the place. They're pitching well. Zach Gallen is is an ace and is one of my favorite uh, pitchers and in the target in fantasy baseball all the time, our, our buddy Dave loves Zach Gallen too. But uh, one of the huge reasons is right now the front runner for rookie of the year. You can make a case he's in the MVP conversation is Corbin Carroll. You know, we talked about him at the uh, the beginning of the year here. Uh, I was just looking at his numbers. And if you put his numbers on a 155 game pace, he's going to he would hit 32 home runs. 83 RBIs, 47 stolen bases, and 121 runs. And he would bat 313. I think he's batting 300 right now. <laughs> 13 home runs and like 19 stolen bases. But the the kid's electric, uh, plays some good outfield too. And and this this whole team um, just kind of plays with the chip on their shoulder. And, uh, you know, they're doing some things in a tough NL West. So I have the Diamondbacks coming in. There um, at five Orioles up to four here, 41 and 24. Can't can't say enough. Adley Rushman, great, uh, great at calling a game at, at catcher, uh, great plate discipline and and uh, big influence on that team. They have a ton of young talent in a really deep farm system ready uh, to get called up. They haven't really called any of them up yet. So it'd be interesting to see Colton Kowser, Jared Westberg. Um, and Grayson Rodriguez coming back to the big leagues there too. Some rumors that they might be in some pitching in for some pitching help. Uh, so it be interesting to see there. But the AL East, despite the Rays being far and ahead the lead there, it's it's still a really tough, um, really tough place to play. Kick and rocks, three, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, Aaron Hicks gets DFA'd, goes to Baltimore, and he's. Then he's like the best yeah. team. No, then he says they're the best team in the division. Yeah, you can kick rocks, Aaron Hicks, and I will never support yeah. you again. Go ahead, three. I'm glad he's finally playing with that fu attitude that he yeah, was talking that he, about last that year. He apparently lost. Yeah, with the yeah. Yankees. Yep. Yeah, that's it's a bummer. Uh, Atlanta. I had him third last week. Uh, still here. Uh, Ronald Acuna good at baseball confirmed I was looking at that the pace thing too if 162 game pace for Acuna those numbers are right there with Corbin Carroll but except 69 stolen bases 
137 runs scored and 98 RBIs, 69 stolen bases. That's like just nuts. Him and Estuary Ruiz are of the A's are just running all over the place. They should take advantage yeah. of these, these take new advantage of the new rules, rules man. Yep, uh, Rangers number two. You know, we talked a lot last week about them losing to Grom, who they haven't had since the end of April, but you wouldn't know it. Uh, this team's pitching really well. Uh, Nathan Avaldi, um, Dane Dunning, uh, to name a few, just just pitching, pitching definitely above their uh, their pay grade, and that this team's hitting all over the place. Bruce Bochy's, you know, certainly a winning. World Series manager. He's he's got three rings with the Giants and Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon's playing really well too. So um, you know, this team's still still in it in a in a tough, tough division there. And and the Rays at one, 48-21. I don't want to talk about the Rays. So they're just, you know. They're just they're good. Rays. They're just good. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, uh, they're good. Uh it, it's also, I wanted to bring something up, Sam. Uh, I called the Nuggets winning in five, by the way. Just want to make sure you guys can go back and listen to other episodes. Just want to drop that, that in there a little quick. Uh, but, yeah, the Rays, are, the Rays are doing what they have to do. The top three not changing. It's It, it just is it's a testament to the young talent. It's crazy, though, because... We just watched basketball and watched it conclude, and everybody's talking about that. While baseball is in the midst of these young players raking out here, and I don't hear not a damn thing outside of Shohei Otani and Aaron Judge and when he's coming back. Outside of that, I don't hear anything, which is crazy because if you watch baseball, you know that there's a lot of really good young talent in baseball right now, like a lot. Um, So it's cool to see that. Teams that aren't normally here at the top are currently. So I, I thoroughly enjoy this list. I'm I'm curious to see who gets bumped next week. Uh, and uh, I'm also curious to see if uh, Aaron Judge ever comes back. Uh, but there's that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, uh, he, uh, who knows? There's no timetable on his return, but I hope the yeah. wall is OK. Very time. Yeah. If you say that again about the wall, I'm throwing you through the wall. Okay. Sam said Sam said the wall about three times. I think Sam is in love with the wall. So we're gonna send Sam a piece oh, I hate the wall. wall. Especially that piece of concrete that screwed yeah, up big boy's toe. Big boy's toe. Oh God. All right. Let's go to UFC, man. Uh did UFC. you watch? I I did not. I planned on it, but I did not. Okay, so, so I but, wasn't going to watch, and I am glad that I did. Why weren't you uh, going to watch? Just uh, because I didn't really care about the card outside of uh, the co-main and then the the main, and I really just didn't want to watch at all. Like it, even the the main, I knew who was going to win. I knew the lioness was going to win, um, and I called uh, Oliveira uh, Du Bronx winning his fight, and he did that in in an amazing fashion. Like, and I'm so, so happy that he did. Uh, but I'm glad I got to, to catch it in, in dominating fashion. Amanda Nunez absolutely destroyed her opponent, which is not a shock. She does it to everybody that they think has a chance and pretty much good against all the other competition except her. Uh, and so she wins and you can see how emotional she kind of was after the win. And it was like, 
paying attention. It was like, uh, uh, uh oh. And then the gloves came off. And I was like, mm, okay, she's about to retire. Gloves came off. They came in and cut the tape off. She put the gloves down, bowed, showing her love. I also love when she speaks because she's Brazilian for those that don't know. So uh, the Portuguese, the Portuguese speakers that are fluent learning English, it's always interesting hearing them in UFC because you hear the transition uh, from them speaking Portuguese to a translator, then to speaking like their broken English and then some getting to a certain point that they can speak on their own without anybody. And it's that's where she is. So it's, I always love hearing her her accent. Uh, but I love the encouragement that she she always gives like she retired because her mother has been asking for her to retire. Like she's asked her over and over and over again to retire. Um, and she finally has, has, has now done this being a two belt champion in the UFC, uh, losing her belt recently, then coming back and winning it in, in a destructive fashion. Uh, she deserves everything that she has earned in this and she deserved that victory beer that she had in the UFC, which was awesome. If you didn't catch a clip of it, definitely check that out. But shout out to the Linus. That is a huge, 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 huge void. Uh, that is, is now pretty much open for the taking for somebody to be the next women's star in UFC. Don't know who is going to be. I have a couple ideas, but we'll see if they actually uh, pan out from that point. Yeah, I, I obviously know who Amanda Nunez is. I've seen her fight again. I had every intention of watching this fight. Um, I know what happened. Did you? So was so was this um, retirement like out of just uh, you had that feeling you said, but was it like whispered? Is it like okay, she's near? Obviously, she's still on top of her game, right? She pummeled so, um, Aldana, but um, I didn't think she was going to retire. I mean, she's been. She's been fighting with the retirement for a little while. Like you, you saw her like going back and forth about actually retiring, and it, it's especially after she like lost. And and a lot of people believe the reason that she, when she lost, uh, it's to Pena, if I remember correctly, when she lost, that her heart hasn't been in it because she she finally had her baby girl uh, with her partner and you can see that she she was more interested in being a mom, which is great, right? Like, it's a great thing. Uh, but you can see that she wasn't in into it the way uh, that she once was. Uh, and you can tell by that. But she locked in for the next the rematch, and she beat the piss out of Pena. Uh, and made sure that she knew that, yeah, that, that last time was because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so the fights have kind of been leading up to, like, you don't know, Sam, like, which way she's going to go. She's been teetering with it. But you can kind of see like it was like she was disinterested. Like when you're that good and you're just beating everybody that you face and it's just kind of like uh, whatever, like certain things started to slip. So it wasn't I didn't really hear words about it per se, but uh, it it, it could have been any time. Not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could have been any time. So, uh, yeah, she uh, she basically said, though, I, I thought this was interesting uh, in her words, basically any. Any fighter that touches her belt in the future will just be quote pretending to hold it. Um, she said in the press conference, "I'm going to have my belt at home with me. Uh, the new one is going to be the fake one, though. It's going to be fake forever. Whoever gets the belt now 
is going to just be pretending to have it. So yeah, I'm gone. That's yep. like a hell of a mic drop. It sure so is. Where, you know, certainly I know of the the legacy and and how uh, dominant she's been in the sport, sixteen and two in UFC, twenty three and five in in MMA. Where does like Nunez rate like all time as far as you know other fighters? Like is is she, she is, is she she's the, the best women's fighter ever? Yeah, the best women's fighter ever. Ever, like Ronda opened the door, right, to get like for it for the young ladies to get the uh, notoriety. But she came through and said, "Okay, I'm taking this all," and she's been unstoppable. and And she didn't hide. Well, I mean, that's the thing with UFC in general; they don't hide from the the people that they should fight. And she's beaten everybody that was somebody supposed to be somebody and stopped them all in their tracks. And she's just been dominant nonstop. She's the greatest of all time. And she even ranks up there for top fighters, man or female or whatever you identify as. She's just that. She, she is an absolute monster. So much love to her. Yeah. Hell of a, a career there. And uh, yeah, that UFC... 289 so i i definitely want to watch the fight but again it was looks like it was it was wasn't much of one mm-hmm. <laughs> unanimous this decision there but hey let's play do you care we haven't done that in a while i'll play go. do you care let's, let's do go. it so uh your boy despite being a new york giant saquon barkley penn state nittany lion uh and star running back the giants he told espn this weekend that he will not be attending the team's mandatory mini camp this week as he hasn't signed that franchise tag yet. Remember the team placed that uh, franchise tag on Barkley in March. They signed Daniel Jones with, um, you know, and tagged Barkley uh, about $10 million guaranteed for the season. Saquon's going to get if he signs there, he told ESPN, I thought this was interesting. His goal is to be compensated respectfully based on his contributions to the team and the locker room and is quote, not looking to set any contract records. Do you care? Yeah, I absolutely do. You know, you know my love for Saquon. Um, uh, one of the worst days in my football career or football fandom is watching him get drafted by the Giants. And I literally said, they're going to ruin my man's career. Uh, and it hurts to see him in that blue. Uh, but just just do right. It, it really, really sucks to see that Guys like him, and I, I know it, the injuries don't help him, Sam. It, it, this is this is all a part of it, and I understand it's a business, and they're not going to. That's like me investing in you, and you're you're my employee, and you consistently come to work late, or leave work early, or aren't aren't productive when we know the talent that you have. Right now, I'm not saying that he's not any of that. We just know he's injury prone. So why are you going to continuously or invest so much money into somebody that you can use that money to fill the other holes that your team is missing? Uh, I, I understand why they don't want to pay that much. I mean, the Eagles just let Miles Sanders walk, right? And he's been healthy uh, for the most part, right? So it sucks. I, I mean, he's got to do him because if the Giants, I mean, he, if the giants don't do right by him, he's going to go somewhere else and he will be utilized very, very well. Just, just imagine behind a offensive line. Let's just, and I'm not saying, cause 
I want him to come to the Eagles. I'm just saying, just imagine him behind the e- Eagles O line, right? They're considered to be the best O line in the league right now. Just imagine him running through those holes and just being able to get to the second level every time. He's hard to take down. So he he's never really been afforded that opportunity. And then with the departure of of OBJ and not really having any wide receivers, teams have just been able to load the box. Out in the box. So yeah. they, they they haven't been able to do utilize Saquon when he is on the field. So uh this this past season was like a good this is like, oh, that's what Saquon was when they had an OBJ. Like now they have more of an offense, so you can see him utilize. I just hope they pay my boy. That's that's really it. So I I do care. Yeah, I, I I'm like to think that he gets an extension worked out here. Uh, clearly, it took him a little bit longer to to get back, uh, you know, to his old self, if you will, after that ACL um, surgery. But when you're playing in a crowded box and you don't, there's nowhere, you know, you know what the play is. The defense knows what the play is. It's hard. Um, but you know, hopefully. You know, I wasn't really impressed with like what the Gi- I thought the Giants would do more offensively. I mean, they got Darren Waller, they drafted um the wide receiver from Tennessee, I forgot his name, but a really fast um uh, really fast guy. Um but I just thought they would would do more there, but uh clearly uh Brian Dayball and company have a plan and hopefully they continue to u- utilize him, but I really it just I liked his quote and that was a direct quote to ESPN. Like I'm not looking to break the bank here. I just want to be compensated for my role on this team. And uh, it just kind of aligns with the character guy that we all know that Saquon uh, is. So, you know, Jaylen hopefully Hyten. they can get. Yeah, Jalen Hyten. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I care. Uh, I hope, you know, for Giants fans, and I have a lot of them in my life, I hope it uh, it works out there. But, yeah, if he had a better offensive line when he was – you know, starting his career. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be a, a different conversation where his career would be right now, but you know, crazier things have happened. Speaking of crazy things though, did you, did you hear the story that, um, the bills, the Buffalo bills head coach, Sean McDermott said Tuesday that Steph, Stefan Diggs wasn't at minicamp, but that his agent said, uh, he is. So McDermott called Diggs' absence very concerning before Tuesday's minicamp practice, and Diggs wasn't at the first two workouts, but his agent told Adam Schefter that his client is in Buffalo, has been there since Monday, and that he took his physical, met with McDermott and Brandon Bean, the GM, for the past two days, and will be there the whole minicamp. (laughs) But Sean McDermott's saying he's not there. So the team is scheduled to practice Wednesday, today, tomorrow, whatever, uh, and Thursday as well. Um, and McDermott went on to say, when players miss, in particular, players of Steph's caliber, uh, minicamp, you'd love to have these players here. So overall, we've been pleased with the attendance of our guys and the effort. I just think that's really weird. Like, he's there, he's met with the team, but he's not there. Is he just dipping on practice? Do you care? I mean... I don't care because I could care less about the Bills. Uh, I do care because of Stefan Diggs and how he left last season, which is why this is probably a bigger yeah. topic, is because he left to the point that he bounced, left, and they had to go drag him in. They did their team huddle, and he walked right out and left his head, took all his stuff with him, and was gone. Uh, he wants to win. And 
how how Allen at times has been, how that offense has been, uh, how that defense has been uh, for a team that it had that was they were rated to go to the Super Bowl last year, Sam. Remember that Everyone's they were yep. they were the favorite to go from the AFC. They didn't even make it close. They didn't even sniff it. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I I I mean I don't care, but I I care in the sense of football because this is when when it's your t- a, a number a number one wide receiver in the league, one of the top guys in the league, one of the best route runners I've ever seen in my life, and Josh Allen's uh, number one target. I, I if I'm a Bills fan, I have 100 percent care. But me, I don't. I don't care. Yeah, I I agree. I what I was I was going to bring up the same point as you. What's concerning is how last season ended, not only for the Bills but particularly yeah. his the way his season ended. Um, and, and you referenced all that already. He signed a four year, ninety six million dollar deal last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of weird. Like clearly, if he's met with McDermott, maybe he's just not showing up to practice. As a Jets fan, that's just great. But for Bills fans, for football, you know, he's one of the premier talents in this league. And, um, you know, he's, I don't know what's going on, but he should be out there uh, if if he's ready to be out there. You know, yeah. uh, last we'll end it on this uh, Yankees owner, Hal Steinbrenner. He said that struggling rookie shortstop Anthony Volpe is not headed to triple A. He's struggling. He's only batting 186. He's got nine homers. I think he's got like. 12 or 13 stolen bases uh, in 67 games so far. Hal told Anthony at the uh, beginning of spring, at the end of spring training, uh, you are starting shortstop. You're the starting shortstop of the New York Yankees. This isn't a three week trial. You're going to going through the ups and downs and uh, there will be downs. He said, so uh, do you care? I do as a Yankee fan uh, to hear the support of Hal. Uh, it, to the point, I, I've Sam. I don't know how many times I've stressed this uh, in this day and age of sports. Uh, rookies, they they, <laughs> it's make or break for the rookies. Rookies right out of the gate, and I don't really like that, like at all. It's like there's when you go and you work at a regular job, right? Obviously, I understand it's not just millions on the line that you're getting, or you're not getting paid millions by your jobs. I wish we were, uh, but. You don't get judged on your your first month of of you working at the job, right? You you're you unless there's a, a ninety day thing that you have window that you have that you have to learn, and but there's training that comes with the job, right? This is your training is the training that you do in the off season in baseball, and then your performance is essentially your training. Uh, I don't think it's fair to just give up on people that quickly, uh, especially if you know the talent that they potentially have. We we're seeing it with uh, Malik Willis in, in Tennessee. They're giving up on a guy that the team never game planned about him. Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback, right? And you put this guy in and you expect him just to be the greatest quarterback ever. This, this young man is the shortstop of the New York Yankees. Yes. There's other shortstops in the league or other rookie players in the league that are absolutely excelling, but Everybody has their own learning curve and he's learning how to hit in, in the major league. And, and that is okay. You sometimes, cause I guarantee you, I I'm really more curious to see how his, his season ends. 
right? That's a great point. Like I, I'm more curious. Not now. It's too early. And, and most baseball players is in in all of sports, all of major sports in in the U.S. Baseball is a game of streaks, as you and I know. So even the best of the best. I mean, Aaron Judge had a streak last year during his record-breaking year. Buy a hit. Yeah, could buy not a hit. right. They are not talking about sitting him down and you know we got to send this guy down to AAA and no it, it it takes time especially in baseball it takes time so I I think I'm just more curious to see how the season ends right because you can take something that like okay this is what I did good at the end of the season and you can build into that but also after having a year under your belt what what do we see with a lot of these these young guy and their their sophomore year they come back they've they now got the game speed right we see it in football all the time basketball you've now got the the knowledge of the game and you've played it and now you understand so now you know what you have to train towards right and i think that's that'll be the true test of him but i i i think this young man is is the sky's the limit for himself that that was that was great, Hayes. I I totally agree, and I think if you're a Yankee fan, that's exactly what you want to hear from your owner, because um, you know that trickles down throughout the organization. Mm-hmm. The kid, I think, because of all the hype, I think he's managed it beautifully. Uh, the Yankees have passed on a ton of star shortstops and free agency over the last couple of years for this kid. And for Peraza, and yep. again, yep. the legacy of shortstop at the of the New York Yankees is Huge. a tall order. Mm-hmm. But he seems poised. Uh, he, for you know, he's batting one eighty six, but I think he's he's has for a rookie who's sixty seven games into his major league career. He's a really good plate discipline, really good eye. He doesn't really seem to be rattled. He almost had a game winning home run against the Red Sox on Sunday night, you know, pulled it foul. But um, yeah, he started slow with when he was here with the Renegades. He start, he when he got promoted to Somerset, double A was slow, started uh, and same with triple uh, A at Scranton. Um, but he turned it around and he ended all of those seasons to your point. Well, and you have Peraza there, but, you know, th- there may be other plans for Peraza, whether he's going to be traded for some assets that the Yankees need or the potential third baseman of the future. He needs to be a third not, baseman. Like, that's yeah. just so stupid. Don't trade him. Just just put him at third. Just please. Get yeah. rid of Donaldson. Donaldson is not the answer. Get young. Get young. Look at what all these other teams are doing around you. Get young. Yeah, it's it's they're in that last year of that, that big contract and certainly Josh Donaldson, you'd hope that he was the player from his MVP years, but that's long. Yeah. Long, long, long God. Yeah. There. But yeah, again, I, uh, I care to the the point of, if you have a young player again, he's, his defense has been really, really good. Um, and there were always questions about that when he gets on the base bases, he's a really good base runner. He just needs to get on the bases. So, um, you know, we'll see there, but s- still the sky's the limit there for, for Anthony Volpe. Um, yeah, and that's that's our podcast. No, it's not. Well, not a special, me... special oh. one. Nope. See? Yeah, oh. I didn't let you because oh. I had a reason. Oh. Special do you care since you, we didn't talk about it. Lionel Messi to yeah. enter oh, yeah. Miami. Do you care? I thank you for bringing that up because I completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I care. I think that's 
I don't know the whole situation behind it. I know the like Saudi Arabia threw a ton of money at him, and no, I don't no, really don't just say a ton happened. of money. It's one billion dollars he turned down, not yeah. just a ton okay. of money. One billion dollars Messi turned down from the the Saudi Arabian club <laughs> to go to MLS. So go ahead, continue. <laughs> it's a huge get for MLS. I know they're, uh, you know, they they're selling tickets like crazy. That social media is going through the roof. Um, you know, there's potential in uh, like owning part of the club after he hangs it up. But I don't know too much of the situation. I know you're a big, uh, big uh, football, football fan. fan. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll let you uh, dive in more with that. But I think that's a huge it's a huge get for American soccer. Totally. Maybe you could enlighten us well, he's you know, roughly going to make 53 million dollars annually enter miami uh that number does not include the aforementioned agreements with apple and adidas uh so if you don't know mls is being streamed on apple uh all their games the whole season is on there so he will get a percentage of sales from Apple's MLS season pass and a percentage of inter Miami's shirt sales and an owner stake in the club. So this is, this is so, so, so crazy. Cause he's getting a piece of the pie from Apple. Cause Apple's like, yeah, sure. We're going to give you some of this. Cause we know we're going to get the ratings for this and it's going to go through the roof. Uh, I did send to Harrison and Dame, uh, their social media went, as you mentioned, through the roof. They became, they have more followers than any football team, period. Yeah. Like American football that. team, like our our sport. They, they have more followers than any football team alone, which is wild. Uh, but Messi is, again, this is a testament to how big the game of football is. And I love the fact that he's here. Uh, I know where I'm going to a game the 24th. And I really wish that we had bought tickets to enter Milan or enter Miami because that would have been great because now the tickets are astronomical, Sam. And uh, I'm good. I don't I'll watch it. I'll watch it from uh, from the sideline. But he immediately from for athletes. Uh, that play here in the United States, he is now the fifth <laughs> highest paid uh, coming with this deal immediately. So number one is Booker, two, Car Anthony Towns, uh, Jokic, three, Steph Curry, four, Messi, five, six, Joel Embiid, seven, Lamar Jackson, eight, Jalen Hurts, nine, Aaron Rodgers, and 10, Bradley Beal. Those are the top, top uh, paid athletes currently. And the wow. United States. So, yep. Not bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this. Super, super excited about this. Uh, it just sucks because it's he's leaving PSG, and this is like where people's career come to die. But, I, I mean, at least now we can see him stateside, and uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that, that Apple Plus deal was, was huge for – for MLS and certainly pump some some more money into the sport too, but just the the notoriety of the the second biggest athlete in the world is Ronaldo number one. Like you you know you can make a case that they are the the, the huge biggest athletes in the world, right? 
and and he's playing soccer in the United States. It's just it's it's wild. Uh, I'd even quick, I'd uh, even go to say he's the biggest now after winning the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Great point. I uh, will not contest that at all. Quick, just Josh Donaldson note to end the pod. He has 46 plate appearances this year over 13 games. He has six hits. Five of them are home runs. God. That's it. I would say DFA him, but he's just going to get hurt anyway. Uh, but that's our show. What are you looking forward to this week? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to find out where Mbappe is going to go, and I won't find out this week, but I'm looking forward to that because he's leaving PSG. So excited about that. Excited to watch some uh, more Liberty games, seeing how the Liberty are doing out here. Stewie's out here balling out of her mind, so I love it. Uh, I'll also love the support of seeing uh, the Nets there and showing love. And I'm also uh, interested to see some more news now that basketball is gone is see some more news of the draft as we lead up to that. And then also for these training camps for football. So excited to see what is, what is to come with that. How about you? Yeah. Liberty play the, the dream tonight. So be watching that. Um, the Canadian grand prix this weekend in Montreal, the formula one, it's been <laughs> low key into that over the, um, the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it's it's, that, it's first year back there because it, they didn't do it last year. I think it was because of product pro, uh, yeah. protocols and I yeah, wanted to go last of, year. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, my my uh, buddies and I have uh, been trying to figure out like our dream. You know, do we go to Vegas? Do we go to Austin? Do we go to Miami? Do we go to Montreal somewhere in North America to see one of these um, yeah. races? But uh, totally been been. Uh, more and more into the sport as the last couple of years have gone on. Um, yeah. So, and uh, Sunday's father's day. So huge shout out to Papa Hayes, all the Papa Favs, all the, all the dads out there. And, yeah, and father's day to you, know, you, Sam, in advance. Thank you, man. Thank mm-hmm. you. So just wanted to end on, on that note. So for Brandon, my name is Sam. Thanks so much for listening. Episode one Oh one is in the books for the chasing points podcast until next week. Peace. Speaking of fathers, because uh, I know my father is the hardest person to ever get anything for. Uh, fathers that are listening to this, make it easy for your family. Uh, just tell them what you want for Father's Day uh, instead of saying, I don't know uh, what I want. Just say what you want because your family is going to get it just to make you happy and put a smile on your face. And I'm sure you'll love it. So, bye.